Mike is the champion, my friend. Oh, I see that. I got it now. I didn't understand that at first. It was a fill in the blank, yes. Yes, no, (laughs) foul on the bounce ball. Got it. Two best um friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to their lives this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Ourlands.com. Pro fantasy football. Pro football reference. ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Uh, welcome in to another exciting episode of the 2M Football Show. With you here, as always, is Mike. And as with you here, as often, is that a way to say it? Matt's back. Yeah, I, this year might be the year that Matt screws everything up. Last year was your year. We got we to gotta switch off every year, apparently. <laughs> welcome back, Matt. I, miss, I can't speak for the listeners, but I did miss you last week recording Han style. It was rough. It was rough. It's a little better, maybe. No. A little better. It doesn't sound like too much better, but I do appreciate you being here <laughs> in the virtual studio with me today. Uh, especially because we have an absolutely jam-packed episode today. There's so much crap. So we're going to get right into the business of things. Uh, we're going to do a week four recap, a little bit lighter than usual. I only, I think I only have like... A handful of games this time. I didn't even write notes on most of them, so I'm trying to save us a little time there. <laughs> I can we'll almost be proud of you. We'll see how this goes. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. 45 minutes later, we're finally done with the <laughs> one game recap. Um, so after that, we've got our first round of contender or pretender. Now that we're at essentially, oh, I remember that the it's quarter part of the show. Yeah, the quarter mark of the season. We're four games in, uh, so we're gonna sort through all the teams determine if we believe they are pretenders or legitimate contenders for this year's playoffs uh, with a new wrinkle which i'll get to when we get there and then of course we'll preview every week five matchup and spend a few exciting moments in the fantasy corner to dissect dissect our week four um matchup yeah you're gonna have to give me the fan duel side of it because apparently it logged me out and i can't remember how to get back in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that why your lineup put up a zero i wasn't sure <laughs> no i got it set how it did no clue actually me either because i was much more focused on our other matchup but i can check it when we get there we'll do it live it'll be a surprise for everybody <laughs> hell yeah all right week four recap headlines of the week obviously this feels like forever ago last thursday but if you can remember it back that far to a Tango Vailoa and the Dolphins played the Bengals on a Thursday night game where Tua suffered his on a big hit he took um, he took in that game. His second concussion in just five days, going back to the previous Sunday. And that was the story that dominated the headlines. Obviously, he left the game and was taken he was taken to a local hospital to get checked for further um injury, I guess. And you know, the good news, if there is any out of the situation, was that he was Cleared to leave the hospital, and I think he flew home that night with the team. Um, 
but it, you know, two concussions in that short period of time is obviously super dangerous. Questions have been raised of if he should have played at all. They sort of downplayed his injury from the previous Sunday, calling it a back and neck injury, even though it was pretty clear to everyone watching with eyeballs uh, that he was concussed and stumbling around the field shortly after. Uh, someone already lost their job on the medical team. One, the independent neural consultant yeah. was yes. fired. Do you know more about that? Because I have a fun tidbit. I do not. What's what's your tidbit? So he wasn't fired over the ruling or the evaluation that he gave. He was fired because he was uncooperative with the investigation. Oh, that's not good. Um, which led to several skits I saw of people putting on where it was one person was the like the NFL committee and the other person was the consultant. And they're like, well, did he have a concussion? He goes, I don't know. Do I, am I a doctor? And I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see that that's probably how that went. Yikes. Yeah. To my knowledge, that is he was fired. He or she was fired because they were uncooperative. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good look for anybody involved. And obviously, first and foremost, is the concern for the, the player's health, because uh, like I said, that's scary to have two head injuries that close together. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll just have to keep tabs on that moving forward as the investigation continues. And, you know, as as Tua himself is hopefully able to, you know, get back to get healthy and make sure he's cleared of more severe or dangerous symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, lighter news, the Steelers finally, I say finally, it only took three and a half games to bench Mitchell Trubisky in favor of their first round draft pick, Kenny Pickett. Um, and I realized the reason I always, I can't remember his name and I want to say Ryan Pickett is because he was a, there was a former uh, Packers defensive tackle named Ryan Pickett. And so I guess that's what's on my brain every time. But hopefully now that I've made that connection, I'll remember it's Kenny in this case. I feel like that's a very long-winded way of getting someplace, but good for you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, So he came in after halftime this week. And I I think they've already announced, uh, head coach Mike Tomlin has announced that Pickett will be the starter moving forward. Uh, in other news, we're down to just one remaining undefeated team in the NFL. Uh, thanks to Miami's loss, the Eagles are the last ones standing. And with the Raiders getting their first win, we only have one team that hasn't won a game, too, the Texans. Rip. And uh, the, the only reason I care about the Colts is because I picked them to win the division. I think this is hilarious how you have this phrased out. Okay, will the real Colts please stand up? Let me let's just break down their season so far really quick. So, week one they have, they have to come back from twenty to three down against Houston, who we just discussed. They're the only team in the league that has yet to win a game this year. Bad team. Uh, so they tie that game. Then week two they get shut out by Jacksonville. So now we're like, okay, Colts are trash, right? Week three they upset the Chiefs. So maybe they're good. And then in week four, they lose by a touchdown at home to the Titans, despite outgaining them 365 to 243 yards. I'm just so confused by what the Colts are. 
I don't know what they do. Nobody can figure out who the Bucks are. (laughs) It's very weird. Defensively, they don't look like the domination station they were last year. Offensively, they upgraded quarterback. Their receiving core is a little thinned out, but Jonathan Taylor isn't running. That offensive line is nowhere near a top 10 offensive line right now. It's just, it's a train wreck. And yet they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff like that is why you got to love the NFL, right? It's such an annoying thing can happen but, on any yeah, game day. Exactly. Any given Sunday. It's such an annoying cliche, but it is absolutely true. All right, let's get into the week four upsets. First one I've got here is the Jets beating the Steelers. It was uh, Zach Wilson's first game back. Uh, from a knee injury suffered in the in the preseason, and yeah, this was it. After another lifeless first half offensive performance, uh, yeah, Mike Tomlin benched sent Trubisky to the bench, brought in Kenny Pickett, who rushed for two touchdowns and threw three picks. Not a bad start. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't watch the tape, but from what I read online and other people's recaps, only one of the interceptions was really his fault. But whatever, yeah, that's the kind of thing you expect from a rookie is he's going to turn the ball over. It was another comeback victory for the Jets. Uh, remember, they had that insane 14-point comeback within the final two minutes to beat Cleveland a couple weeks ago, and they came from, I think, 10 points down here, yeah, in the fourth quarter to uh, to upset the Steelers. And I feel like the Jets felt different this game. And I think it's because they got Zach Wilson back. And I really do, as many people believe, uh, Wilson is the the quarterback of the future for this team and the heart of this team. So to see him come back and, you know, throw it all out there against what's normally a very good Steelers defense. Right. It was it was a good victory for the kid. Yeah, and the Jets have a lot of talent on offense now. They've got two really good running backs. They've got, um, you know, arguably a pretty deep receiving core. They added Garrett Wilson, top 10 draft pick. Uh, This year also got Elijah Moore, who was a uh, high draft pick last year, in addition to veterans like Corey Davis and and, um, someone else whose name is escaping me. But they've got weapons in place for Zach Wilson. They might be an interesting team to keep an eye on moving forward. And probably the wildest game of the week, the Seahawks, and we'll talk about this more in a minute because the Lions are your sleeper team, uh, but the Seahawks beat the Lions 48-45. to 45. I was at work, and I looked down, and I couldn't believe I was reading that score that I read <laughs> because that sounds like a Madden score. Mm-hmm. Did you know... I think this is true. I think the Lions have the number one scoring offense in the, the worst league. defense and the worst defense. Yes. <laughs> I mean, after this, it's got to definitely be close to the freaking bottom. <laughs> the Falcons beat the Browns uh, 23 to 20. Is it truly an upset or the Browns just they don't know how to run the football? Apparently. I believe it was technically an upset. The Browns were favored. Stupid Vegas Lions. All right, fine. <laughs> the Falcons won this game, even though Marcus Mariota only completed seven passes, one of seven for 19 with an interception. Um, but yeah, the 
I don't know. I literally don't know what happened here because I didn't watch any of this game. I'm just looking at the stats. The Browns ran the ball for over 150 yards. I don't know. It's super confusing what happened here. Uh, and then the aforementioned Colts losing at home to their division rival, the Titans, 17 to 24. The Colts were favored. So nobody knows. Even Vegas doesn't know what to do with the Colts. <laughs> There's going to be a line for any Colts game. Yeah, they're just not going to put one anymore. And that was a, a game also, like I, like I mentioned, where they had over 100 more offensive yards than Tennessee uh, did the Colts. Matt Ryan was 350 yards on the day. It's just weird, weird stuff. Um, But, yeah, with that said, let's get into our sleeper teams really quick. Dolphins at Bengals. I'll start. Uh, My Dolphins, coming into this game, they were undefeated. And then? Uh, Well, the big story was, was Tua getting knocked out of the game in the second quarter. It was fairly a defensive battle up until that point. Teddy Bridgewater came in and, you know, pretty capable backup quarterback. Threw a touchdown right before pass, uh, right before halftime uh, for a 12 to 14 score. But, um, I mean, yeah, the Bengals ended up running away with it. Bridgewater showed his limitations for sure. Like, I, I just, the, the biggest thing I noticed with him was just how his, his passes have no, his throws have no zip on them. Every ball is kind of like a softball lob kind of thing, which he can do accurately, but it's just not the same as watching one of these, you know, one of these young guns with a more live arm, as they say, <laughs> throwing the ball around. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, he is a veteran, so he yeah. has, has some presence there. And, you know, the team isn't going to exactly flounder. It may not be, you know, spectacular in performance, but they'll get right. the I mean, job they've done. A, they've got a solid um, defense and they've got speedy receivers where, you know, and all he's got to do is throw throw the ball three yards to Tyreek Hill and, and he could take it off, take off from there. Uh, the problem I, is they don't have a running game to speak of at all. Right. Yeah. There's there's no there's no way to to wear down the defense with the ground game, which is ideally what you want to do. You want to draw your series as much as possible to try to wear that defense down to open up the bigger plays. Right, right. So, and Tua was looking really good. It, it was you know obviously health concerns aside, it was a, it's a huge loss for him uh, for the team because he was. Yeah, he looked great in this game. It was going to be so fun to see him and Burrow battle it out. Uh, but can we say how awesome the freaking Bengals uniforms looked? Oh, the all the white look with the black stripes. Yeah, that yes. was that was sweet. I think they they even painted the end zones right. They they were they had were featuring the same black and white kind of print. You know what? I watched the game. Didn't pay attention to the end zone. <laughs> well, not that the Dolphins saw much of the end zone. <laughs> Hey, oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I forget if I texted this to you or someone else, but just with the Bengals in their white and black stripes and the Dolphins were in their all teal blue. And I was like, this is just a very aesthetically pleasing game to look at. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, Dolphins suffer their first defeat of the season, fall to three and one. The Saints, my other sleeper team, played in London against the Vikings. 
in a game where James Winston, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara were all out. None yeah, of them the entire offense apparently just gone. <laughs> right, all the starters. Which I had grabbed the Vikings defense for that very reason. It seemed like a great call, yeah. And I did not expect the Saints to put up 25 points. Although Dalton yeah. did what I needed to to eke it out. He's no Jameis at throwing picks, but... <laughs> Well, he did lose a fumble, so, you know, got to turn it over at least a little once. <laughs> but, yeah, this was a game where the uh, Vikings couldn't really run away with it. The Saints' defense played reasonably well. And um, this was, <laughs> with our fantasy matchup, it was like I was already ready to rage quit because Alexander Madison, who you started, the Vikings' backup running back. Oh, my God. They get all the way to the end zone. But you, but you know what? It worked out to your favor because they didn't do anything with him again. Like I know. That was like his, the only time he touched the ball. <laughs> so. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Because the announcers <laughs> even said that, that Connolly's plan was to use him on third downs. And I go, okay, did they only get one third down? I'm really kind of <laughs> confused on what, what we're doing here. And then I kind of understood their plan, like, okay, let's not let Dalvin Cook with that shoulder right now get the crap kicked out of him. Mm -hmm. So while Cook makes sense down near the goal line, I could understand where Madison would have made more sense, where he can run inside and take a little bit more abuse, and there's not too much of a worry of losing him. Yeah. But it was just weird how he had that one play, and it's like he disappeared. Like most of my team, they had like one <laughs> one catch and then never showed up again. And it was like their first drive of the game, too. He catches a 15-yard touchdown pass. Um, but outside of that one catch, all he did was three rushes for three yards. <laughs> but I was so mad. <laughs> and this is at like 9 in the morning. Or, you know, we're like eat breakfast, and my wife's like, why are you already pissed off? And... <laughs> Stupid freaking Matt. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, oh, again. Um, but anyway, in terms of the game, uh, right at the, so, yeah, whatever. Teams went back and forth. Taysom Hill scored a rushing touchdown. Um, but at, right at the, so within the final two minutes, the Saints kicked a 60-yard field goal to tie it. Had an opportunity uh, to get the win, but uh, Will Lutz did it. Did his own a, a double doink off the uprights, and uh, yeah, and that allowed the Vikings to drive down and score the final one. Uh, score another field, their own field goal to eke out a three-point victory. So Saints are one and three. They're, I mean, whatever. I don't think you can take too much away from this game. It was. Played overseas, they didn't have half their starting offense, and they still almost got the win against a a Vikings team that we're expecting to be pretty pretty feisty this year. That are top of the division, I might add. Yes, they sure are. So my sleepers went zero and two this week. How about you? Uh, how is one and one for a record? It's better than zero and two. Uh, the Raiders, they get their first win, and it really came down to the fact that Josh Jacobs finally decided to make his presence known yes. uh, on the ground. And I think that is what that offense has needed. I think the thought process initially was with Devontae Adams. They could just simply air it out and go for it, and that's not who the Raiders are. 
So I don't like, and I totally disagree with the coaching calls when you take a team that completely tries to shift this identity based around one player. Yes, it's an amazing, a massive addition for that offense, but you can't just try to use it out of the gate when that's not what your MO is. So Josh Jacobs getting going in this game is exactly what these this team needed to go. And against what's normally a very good Broncos defense, yeah. they they tore it up for a 32-23 win. Oh, I like that. Numbers are flipped. Nice. <laughs> and their first win. Um, yeah. They are still not a great team overall. But a lot of teams this year have had a lot of changes. Both these teams, the Broncos and the Raiders, have very different offenses. Um the Raiders defense still is not where it needs to be, but I think they have finally gotten back to what they were good at last year, which is using Jacobs in the ground game to set up the pass to Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, and now Devontae Adams. Yeah. On the flip side, we had a game of apparently Madden sized proportions because you don't see this in games unless, you know, we're at the joystick controls. <laughs> uh, but the Seahawks took on the Lions and what became a three-point difference. Keep in mind, the Lions put up 45 points with Swift out, jerk. Uh, <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown out. Yeah, that's the amazing but part. They, they, they knew how to throw the ball. And can you – who's their quarterback? This is what I think shocks a lot of people. Their quarterback under center is none other than the former Ram, Jared Goff. Right, who's looking uh, a lot better than Stafford this year, just got to say. Like, it's insane that this guy was, like, on the verge of, you know, being benched potentially for, for and renegated to a backup. The Lions go to him, and we, again, we made fun of the Lions thinking, what the hell is this team doing? But they gave up Stafford for freaking Goff, and it works. The only problem I have is the defense cannot stop the run and the defense has to stop giving up points. Yeah, they can't stop the run. And then speaking of quarterbacks we thought were bad that are looking really good, how how about Geno Smith with 300 yards and and two more touchdowns in this game? And he's looking... Geno Smith, I think, came out this year with a statement that he is not a backup. He deserves to be a starter. And for the Seahawks, he's getting it done. I mean, if you judge based on wins and losses, sure. But, I mean, look at what this guy's doing. He's giving it everything every time he comes out on the field. Yep. And he will rally that Seahawks team around him. Uh, But tough loss. It's another three-point loss. But don't count the Lions out just yet. I mean, yeah. they put up 45 points. They could have not given up 48, but, you know. <laughs> right. They're one and three in the division. They're the bottom of the division, but they'll be fine. They okay. better be. It took them, what, 13, 13 weeks last year before they got their first win. They've already got it this year. And, and uh, at least you can point to some things that they're doing well, you know. They're not like the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I think we just use the same word we described them after. They're scrappy. Yep. They do not give in easily. Grit, as uh, Dan Campbell would say. After a second espresso shot. Yes. 
All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back for contender or pretender. And we're back. Yeah, to I wasn't football, sleeping. To a football show. Yeah, I was waiting for your um for you to do the music. Oh. But uh that's okay. Well, we've got we've got one more break coming up after this. All right, I won't screw this up. No promises though. And just as a quick reminder of what this is, we're gonna yes, do this every four weeks. We're gonna talk through every single team in the league. You look at their current record. Uh, think of look at how they've done so far this season through the first quarter of the season and uh, basically rate them as whether we think they're a legitimate contender to make the playoffs or uh, if they're just pretending. And this year, I think what will also be fun is let's look at who's currently in the lead of each division and, and forecast if we think they'll stay there. Okay. All right, so let's start in the I was going to try to find some way to be a jerk and cower that, but nothing happened. Uh, it's first time for everything. Let's start in our home division of the NFC North. Ooh, current leaders, as you alluded to, are the 3-1 and one Minnesota Vikings, who have the, the tiebreaker over the Packers uh, by beating them head-to-head in week one. The Packers are also 3-1. and one. But let's start with this question, Matt. Do you, you think the Vikings are going to win this division? At the current rate that Green Bay is playing, which is piss poor, um, the Bears kind of finding their identity and getting the pieces together. And I love the Lions, but the, if, if they don't start winning these closer games, then absolutely, I think the Vikings are going to take the division as things stand with the way these teams are playing. Yeah, I, I think the Packers still get it figured out. They're, they're It's coming together a little bit on offense. Uh, you know, the rookie Romeo Dobbs has a touchdown in two straight games. Um, yeah, but if you watch the last game, Rodgers oh, overthrew Aaron Jones multiple times. And Dobbs dropped a touchdown pass, too, which I didn't wasn't going to mention. But <laughs> well, dropping I, I, a pass, that pass was still a dime. But I've seen Rodgers overthrow people by three, four yards consistently in the last couple of games, and he does not look like himself. Well, yeah, and since we're talking about the, the Packers game, we should mention that the Packers took overtime to just barely beat the Patriots, who are led by their third-string quarterback, Bailey Zapp. Cool name, but um, not anyone yeah, you would embarrassing. to threaten the, the Packers defense, which we thought was going to be pretty good. All of being said, football, it's fine. Still taking. I, I still think the Packers end up winning the division, but yeah, I think we both agree that the two and two Bears, the one and three. Well, I don't know what you're going to say about the Lions, but I'm going to say they're not contenders. They're whatever. They're pretenders. No, I think the Lions can be contenders. I mean, like you said, we're only a quarter way through the season, and they've mm-hmm. already won their first game, so that's progress. It's just these close games. They got to figure out how to close them. And that comes down to the defense. Campbell clearly figured out the offense. Yes. Now they got to take the next couple of weeks and figure out this Lions defense. And then the whole team is together. All right, let's move on to the NFC East where the Eagles sit in first place. The last undefeated team in the NFL at four and oh, followed by the three and one Cowboys, the three and one Giants. And then the one and three commanders. I'm sorry, could you repeat that third one? The three and one giants. <laughs> Never thought we'd be saying those words. 
Not this year, for sure. Uh, first of all, 4-0 Eagles, they look like the real deal to me. I'd say, they, yes, they are a contender, and they will win this division. Yeah, they're firing on all cylinders. It's it's incredible in one year what they've turned around and done, but Jalen Hurts is playing on fire. Yeah. Like It's just, Eagles are for real this year. All phases of the game, too. The defense looks great. They have a good stable of running backs, uh, not to mention what Hurts himself does as a runner. And then bringing in A.J. Brown has just transformed the passing attack, too. They look very good. Um, but the Cowboys, they're three in a row, or they're three and oh with Cooper Rush at the helm. Not sure yet when we're going to get Dak well, back. Well, Cooper is four and oh in his first four starts. Right, right. He got one last year, too, didn't he? And, you know, they've got a good defense, too, and haven't necessarily clicked on offense, uh, but they've done enough to win. I know their record is three and one, but they can't, but they have a, a terrible record against teams in the playoffs. And until they can win against very good teams, the Cowboys just can't pull it together. I mean, I saw comments on, on Instagram earlier calling for coach of the year to go to McCarthy and I'm like I don't know as a Green Bay fan for many many years I don't know if we should be throwing that word around just yet um yeah he's held together with you know the Cowboys were going to write off these games it felt like under Cooper Rush right we even laughed at that and yet yeah (laughs) he's getting it done with a banged up offensive line uh and banged up receiving core too that's yeah, it's it's been impressive. So, I think they're. I would say they're a con- they're yeah. a, they're a contender, but they're not going to make it very far until they start beating really good teams. Sure, but I I do see them in the postseason. Unlike these other two teams, the Giants, I'm just not convinced. Even though they're three and one, I I don't think they're a good team. <laughs> they, I don't know. I feel. Uh, oh my God! I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, aren't I? Brian DeBall's done something with this offense. And the fact that Saquon Barkley looks like Saquon Barkley, that's yeah. what this offense has been missing. The whole True. joke we make is keep it out of Daniel Jones's hand, but his passing looks better. He's protected the ball much better. Oh, a little better, yeah. Anything's an improvement over three fumbles a game. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, he's using his legs. I mean, look at last week. He had two rushing yes, touchdowns. This is true. To remind you of anyone? Form a quarterback up in Buffalo, maybe. <laughs> it's Brian DeBall, so maybe yeah. there's a there's a little bit of a resemblance there. But I mean, this this Giants offense looks different. That's all I'm gonna say. So I wouldn't necessarily rule them out as a pretender. The Commanders are. Oh, they're they're toast. They're done already. It's all because Carson Wentz. <laughs> Agreed. All right, the NFC South. The Bucks are two and two. The Falcons are two and two. Panthers and Saints both one and three. I mean, the, the Buccaneers haven't had a healthy offense so far. You know, with Evans being suspended a game, Godwin being out, Julio Jones being out. Um offensive lineman missing from injury. So I, I don't judge them too harshly on their, their losses so far. One was to the the Packers where they had literally no receivers and then they got shredded by Mahomes uh, last week. So they're definitely not the top tier 
contender that they have been the last few years, but I, I still think the Bucks win this division and make the playoffs. Yeah, they always find find a way to figure it out. The next two teams are where it gets interesting because the Falcons, it's hard to figure them out. They're kind of like the Colts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Confusing. just don't they really know remember. how to vibe with them. They almost beat um, the Rams a couple of weeks ago. I mean, are the Rams any good? We'll get to them in a second. But yeah, please hold. <laughs> yeah. But they beat the Browns. They beat uh, – what, what was their other win? You talked about so I figured that football out. Team. Well, Cordell Patterson is down, which has been one of their focuses yeah. of the offseason. Yeah, Adam that. Pitts is still there. We Marcus Mariota was supposed to be like a younger version, if you will, of Matt Ryan to be able to put the ball up. Oh, they beat the Seahawks. That's their other win. Um. But with Patterson down, the backfield kind of a bit of a mess. The the offense kind of struggling to find its groove. It's actually been the defense that's held them together pretty well. Yeah, they've got a really good uh, secondary, or at least two really good starting corners. Uh, so that's the only reason they've been able to keep them in the game. But I don't, I can't. <sighs> no, I don't know. Come on, no. They're, they're not making the playoffs. They're pretenders. All right, fine. <laughs> Panthers are... Just a dumpster fire. It's incredible. Matt Rule is losing his job within the next three weeks. I'm calling it now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, everybody. Yep. I can't believe how bad Baker Mayfield looks. Like, I really thought he might be able to do something for this offense. but Everybody does, and he just... It's so it, bad. The question, the question comes to, is it Baker or is it the play calling? What is, is going coaching? on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's got, although somebody made the joke that uh, Moore, DJ Moore, is potentially DJ looking to be traded. DJ Less. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Did you I hear me? Mike. Matt, yeah, are you no, still there? Matt, yeah. hello? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, is looking to be traded, and someone was making the comments of Odell Beckham in Cleveland. Oh, Taking shots at Baker is basically what they're doing, but it's like I don't know. That whole team is just a wreck right now. I mean, the, the defense is okay. McCaffrey's good, but but yeah, they they cannot score points. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't have the numbers, but it feels like their defense has scored as many touchdowns as their offense has through four weeks. Well, now people are making the comments of like, is is Sam Darnold going to be the savior of this team? It's like, is he yeah. really going to be? You know things are bad when people are excited about the prospects of Darnold coming back in. But this team really hasn't had its his its stuff together since Ron Rivera ran it. Mm. Yeah, so, I Panthers, don't know. Panthers are garbage. Saints at one and three. Maybe I'm biased because I picked them as my playoff sleeper, but I I feel like they're gonna they could climb out of this hole at least a little bit. I mean, they'll beat the Panthers in ranking in the division. I'll give you that much. But outside of that, no. They should beat the Falcons, too. I'm if Winston gonna... can't learn to throw to the correct team, no. He's got a broken back, man. Give him a break. No, I will never. <laughs> he be in a wheelchair, and I'm still going to talk. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Now i got to edit this. 37-49. Let me just write that. <laughs> At least you're smart enough to start writing down timestamps. Yeah, <laughs> that'll help. Just go to that. That's probably the only editing I'll do. Sorry, everyone. 
Uh, I'm going to say the Saints still have a, a chance to be a playoff contender. No. The defense is still good. They've, nope. Chris Olave is awesome. Sure. Uh, you know. Still not enough. <laughs> You're probably right, but I'm going to stick with them for now. NFC West, every single team is 2-2. Two and two. The Rams sit at the top thanks to the tiebreakers. Um, or Sorry, the 49ers sit at the top thanks to tiebreakers, followed by the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks, all at 2-2. Two and two. I mean, if, the 49ers... If you, if you go just based on stats and overallness, feels like this entire division could make the postseason. Like, the potential is all there on paper. <clears throat> Potential's there. But then uh, you watch the games. <laughs> You're not quite sure what's going on in this division or how they're all two and two. Well, the 49ers have a really good defense. We're, they're fielding now basically the same team that made it to the NFC Championship game a year ago with Jimmy G at quarterback, Debo Samuel being awesome, and you know, and the good defense. And George Kittle just not existing. Apparently, they've forgotten about Baby Gronk. Um, I guess they don't need him though. <laughs> but then again, they they. Uh, yeah, so we know the defense is good, but they only scored 10 points against the Broncos in, in one of their losses. And then you know, all the other losses against the Bears week one in a, playing in a, you know, monsoon. Swimming so. pool. Yeah, I got to throw that one out a little bit, I think. I At this point, I think they do look like the favorites to win the division. It's either going to be them or, oh, God, dare I say it, the Cardinals? Cardinals are a weird team right now, too, because they've looked pretty bad on offense, but they haven't. They're going to get DeAndre Hopkins back from suspension in a couple weeks. That's going to help a lot. Like, uh, they're a team that could be right on the cusp of that wild card spot if they continue to, to incrementally play better while everyone else plays worse. Like, the Niners, I agree with. They're going to take the division. But, like, the Rams, you know, are very, very strange because they do not look like the playoff Super Bowl champion Rams that we know. And, well, I guess some people love, I guess. <laughs> but I have to believe that they're going to pull their, their stuff together there and and, and, sh- and right the ship. But as of right now, it's like almost feel like the Cardinals could overtake the Rams for the second place in the division. Although we can't count the Seahawks out. I mean, they've yeah. been surprisingly good, uh, but I, I think it is going to be between the Cardinals and the Rams. I think the Rams look the, more concerning to me right now. Like, their defense doesn't look good, and their offense also doesn't look good. <laughs> it's their offense that concerns me because there isn't – it's it's like Stafford is trying to force-feed Cooper Cup the ball yeah. when he's got other players out there. Like, he utilized the tight end Higby a lot more in this past game, but they brought in a jump ball guy like Allen Robinson. They have pass-catching running backs. Mm -hmm. Right. They have no offensive line. They can't run the ball, but these these all are not targeting the running backs. And about Robinson, Allen Robinson, they're paying him $50 million over the next three years, and they're just not even using him. It's so – I mean – He's out there every single play, but Stafford is he's only looking for Cooper Cup. And, and, you know, that's fine for 14 catches for 50 total yards or whatever, because 
defenses are onto him and the big play is not there anymore because they know that's all they have to cover. Uh, and it, it looks really bad for them. So I'm going to say, I mean, I don't know. Do you think the Rams make the playoffs? I think, I think they do. I think they're going to figure it out, but it's going to be one of those, like they're going to go out to run at the last minute and everyone's going to yeah. be like, Whoa. Like they're gonna get, they're gonna go from like people are starting to not worry too much to like, oh, the Rams are kind of back. Yeah, we'll see. I, I feel like at least the Cardinals are looking ahead to getting Hopkins back, so they have something to point towards to give them hope. I think him and Hollywood Brown are gonna be awesome together and, and really help the Cardinals' offense. I could see them overtaking the Rams. The, the only team I'm going to say in this division is a pretender is the Seahawks. Like they've, they've been surprisingly good through four weeks, but I don't see that continuing. The yeah, I can, three, I can, I can, I can bite that. The other three could totally make the playoffs. All right. Flipping over to the AFC in the North. Uh, the, the Browns are current division leaders at two and two. Uh, the Ravens and Bengals are also two and two and the Steelers are one and three. Uh, I I don't think the Browns are going to win this division, despite the fact that they sit at the top right now and and they're getting, yeah, well you know in like nine more weeks thinking with Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, that's right. That dude's coming back, man. Who knows, who knows what things will look like at that point? I made one of the like I don't know. Brissett was probably the best decision I made. He's been fine for them. He's been pretty good. I mean the Ravens. I feel like. The Bengals have struggled with their offensive line. Yeah, but they're on the upswing, at least. The Bengals have won their last two games after that 0-2 start. So I feel like the Bengals will probably come back and take the division. I think so, and that was both. But I feel like it's going to be a battle between the Browns and the Ravens. Mm -hmm. I can't back the Ravens just yet. I know that sounds shocking given their performances. But... This division isn't the powerhouse, like, the closeness, right, where it used to be the Steelers and the Ravens every year, and yeah. the Browns and the Bengals were laughed at, and then the Bengals made the push last year. They're off to a slow start. Like, Bengals take it, but after that one, I think it's really a crapshoot between the Browns and the Ravens to really figure out who's going to take who. It's going to, like, be a battle all year. One yeah. of those weird ones where it comes down to literally the division standings. Like, who beat who? Mm -hmm. Yeah, tiebreakers and stuff. I I mean, the Ravens, our concerns about them in the offseason was about the lack of receiver depth. And with Rashad Bateman getting hurt last week, I think we really saw that come to fruition. They were up 20-3 to over the Bills in a, um, you know, a little bit surprising. but And that was the halftime score, but they were unable to score a single point in the second half, and the Bills came back and got the win because they they stopped being able to move the ball effectively. And that's the concern. Look at what happened to the Colts when Pittman was out. It's like when you only have one legitimate receiving threat and he goes down, then, you know, you're screwed. They've got J.K. Dobbins back now, which helps. But the defense has also been a concern for them. So, uh, but all that being said, I think um, just like the last division, I'm going to say the Browns, Ravens, and Bengals are still contenders to make the playoffs, but the Steelers will not. I will say... 
I'm going to pick the Bengals and the Browns if Deshaun Watson pans out the way everyone hopes he does. But even under the, uh, you know, the current, the current uh, helmsman, I think they're going to be fine. But the Ravens receiving depth just has me very nervous. If at any point they get back into the situation, you know, it's, it's, they're going to lose control and it's, it, you don't have to win every game, but you have to win critical games. And the question becomes, are they going to be able to win critical games? Well, as we've got a critical game coming up this week, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> a couple and more. Not to here. mention, if you talk about, sure, they couldn't move the ball, but the defense gave up the points that allowed the Bills to win. Right. Um, okay, a couple more divisions here. The AFC East, the Dolphins. Are at the top at three and one. Bills right behind him, also at three and one. Uh, Jets at two and two, and then the Patriots are at the bottom at one and three. I still think the Bills will win the division ultimately, but I think the Dolphins are a legitimate playoff contender right now. Absolutely, especially if Tua comes back and he's healthy and he's ready to go. They protect him a little bit better. (laughs) Yes, please. Um, yeah, those two absolutely. Jets are a weird team. I never thought we'd say this one. Yeah. I feel like every division has one to two weird teams. Isn't that the way this is kind of panning out to me? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because they look, that offense looks so much better under under Wilson. And I think he's really the catalyst for everything. They've got very good uh, offensive firepower with their receiving core, and their running backs are coming into it. The defense is there. I just need them to tighten up a little bit more, but don't forget, this is only, what, week five? Yeah, they've got a bunch of young players on that defense who will get better. So with I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Jets sneaking into the wild card if everybody stays healthy. Yeah, I'll, I'll say they're a contender for now. I, the Patriots, though, very concerned. Well, the fact that all their quarterbacks keep getting hurt. Right. I mean, Mac Jones went down, like, what, a quarter way through the first quarter of their first game? Uh, yeah, I think he got hurt in week two, and then... And then Hoyer went down, like, on the first series. Right. Bailey Zapp. Who but, did terrible, to be fair. Well, Bailey Zapp is the one. The Patriots team forced overtime against the supposedly formidable Green Bay Packers. Let's at just Lambeau, keep that right. in mind. On the road at Lambeau Field, yeah. So, uh, you know what? It's probably too soon to write off any Bill Belichick coach team. Fine. They're they're still a contender. The division is a contender. Yep. AFC South. Man, speaking of weird ones, the Jaguars are in first place at two and two. Uh, Titans also two and two. Right behind them, Colts are in third at one and two and one. And then the Texans at the bottom at 0 and three and one. Oh, poor Lovey Smith. Welcome back to the NFL. Yeah. Right. We're going to give you the crappiest. Do the worst roster in existence. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think the Jaguars could actually do this. I think they could win this division. I, not yet. They're showing <laughs> a lot of progress. Don't get me wrong. And Trevor Lawrence is the future of this organization, but he needs help. So you still think the Titans, was that your preseason pick? I think so, sure. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I know it was because I picked the Colts, and I know we, we're we not aligned in that. <laughs> we never have been, never will be. Never, that's right. That's part of the show's tradition at this point. 
Um, I I think they're there. I I think they're legitimate, but I don't see them taking the division. But a little bit more chemistry. Lawrence looks much better this year. Um, but yeah, I could see them potentially contending in a wild card spot. As the mm-hmm. Titans were, you know, we finally saw King Henry back. Yep. And yep. he looked the way that that offense is supposed to run. So I think we might be so got hurt. Their rookie, their AJ Brown replacement. Got well, hurt. and I don't know if they got back Taylor Luan yet. Yeah, true on the line. Um, but I'm not going to write off the Titans with a healthy Derrick Henry. I'm writing off the Colts. Stick a fork in him. They're dead. <laughs> I mean, don't forget they are coached by the king of comebacks. I know that's true, and they've been traditionally slow starters throughout the season, the last few years. But man, they just look so bad right now. If we're going off of what we're seeing right now, yes, pretender. But I do think we're going to change our our course halfway through the season. Yep, yep. that's why we do this more than once. For, so we don't now. look as stupid. You're right. For now, I need to see more from them. I'm saying the Colts are pretenders. Obviously, the Texans are pretenders. And finally, the AFC West. Lovey Smith going a 13-game tear. (laughs) That would be very fun to watch. Uh, AFC West, the division we were probably most excited about coming into the year. Are we? Well, we were. We're not anymore. (laughs) The Chiefs sit at the top of 3-1. and They've looked about as good as expected, minus that blip of losing to the Colts somehow <laughs> the Chargers at two and two the Broncos at two and two a very uninspiring two and two you have to say for Denver and then the uh, Raiders at one and three off the back of their first victory I think the Chiefs are legit they've you know Andy Reid Eric uh, Bieniemy, and Patrick Mahomes are geniuses on that offense you could I'm convinced at this point you could put any three or four receivers out there and they'd figure out how to make them useful uh, as long well, as Travis like Kelsey those magical shuffle flip passes that <laughs> Mahomes did yes uh-huh Chiefs are look uh like they've got this division on lock I feel like that the order that we see it is the order it will end but I feel like the Chargers are going to give the Chiefs a run for their money I mean they, they finally got Austin Eckler involved in their offense for for yes. sake <laughs> um, yeah, I'm concerned about the Chargers defense though. Bosa is out for like six to eight weeks, I think. Their JC Jackson, who they brought in at corner, spent all that money on, is injured as well. And they they have not been good. They gave up 38 points at Jacksonville last week. Uh they got back in the win column this you know in week four against uh against the Texans. But I've seen enough to be a little bit concerned about the Chargers. I still say they're playoff contenders, but Absolutely. it's hard to imagine them unseating the Chiefs at the top. Yeah, no, they're I, not going to take the division, at least yeah. this year, but yeah, they're going to the postseason. I do think the Raiders could leapfrog the Broncos because they, the Broncos are just pretty good on defense, but their offense showed some signs of life last week, but they also lost their star young running back, Javante Williams, to an ACL tear. And I think prior to last week where they scored 23 points, which still isn't a ton, you know, they're averaging like 12 a game through the first three weeks. And, and Russ looks cooked. Hackett looks like a hack. And uh, they've had they've had a lot of problems as a, as a t- 
team on both sides of the ball. Well, if we're playing it this way, kind of like we mentioned, I mentioned with the Colts right now, I will say both the Broncos and the Raiders could be pretenders. However, if the Raiders continue to go back to the scheme that they used to win this week. Yeah. I could see them, like you said, leapfrogging the Broncos and those two flop positions in the division. Well, and both of those teams have new coaches and, you know, there are going to be some growing pains. And in theory, they could improve as the season goes Does on. Hackett make it through <laughs> the first season? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see another, you know, rookie coaching year uh, firing like Urban Meyer last year. We'll see, though. I mean, if things don't improve, you could certainly see that, especially the kind of stuff that they're messing up, like procedural things, stupid penalties, delay of games, bad decisions. It could get up. Never had to deal with as a coordinator. Yeah, right. I I think. I think I don't know. I think you got to give all these teams, all four of these teams playoff contender status still. What What do you think? Nope. No, were you as of right them? now? The Broncos and the Raiders are not contenders. Hmm. You're right. They don't. Yeah, yeah. That you're right. As of right now, yes, we should say pretender for them. All right. Well, that was fun. We'll check back in on this in four more weeks. Sweet. Let's take another quick break, and we'll do a very quick week five preview. All right, let's let's wrap this up. Okay, and we're back with the week five preview presented by Mike's Watchability Index. Oh snap! And my top game of the week is Bengals at Ravens. Both teams are two and two in the AFC North division rivals, of course. Bengals have won two straight after that 0-2 start. Uh, Ravens are coming off a loss to the Bills, in which they were shut out in the second half. I am actually taking the Bengals here to extend their win streak. I think they're the more well-rounded team on in terms of offense and defense. I think Joey B is going to light it up. He better. <laughs> he better throw to Chase more. Uh, no. Well, this week is fine. Yeah. I like how he threw last year and then – or last week and then he was on your bench. Who are you taking to win this game, though? Uh, Bengals. Okay. Cowboys at Rams. I got up next. Cowboys at three and one. Rams two and two. Cooper Rush will get the start again, as we've discussed. He is four and zero as a starter over the last two years of appearances. Some sort of bad news about Dak. Uh, I guess in his recovery from that, I think it was a broken thumb, right? Uh, yeah. Jerry Jones says he cannot grip a football yet, so it sounds like he's not that close to coming back. That seems like something you need to be able to do. I mean, I don't know. Daniel Jones doesn't seem – never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this game is being played in L.A., but the Rams have, like we were talking about, they've had so many problems really on both sides of the ball. I'm actually taking the Cowboys to win this. Oh, me too. All right, two for two. That can't be a good sign. All right, next up. This is probably going down. You're going down with me. It's probably way too high in the watchability rankings. Uh, But I've got the Colts at Broncos, which is the third. No, this sucks. (laughs) 
It's two horse teams going head to head. I hate <laughs> you. Must see TV. The burning passion. Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back, could be out with an ankle injury. Uh, he's obviously going to do everything he can to try and play. But if he's out, that's a significant chunk of what the Colts are on, on offense. On, and on defense, they've already got one issue with their, their superstar linebacker, Shaq Leonard, uh, ruled out with a concussion. And uh, like we discussed in our last segment, the Broncos will be without their superstar running back, Javante Williams, for the remainder of the season with the torn ACL. Uh, I'm taking Denver. I am the Colts. Yeah, I, I feel like the, it's a toss I feel like this is just a weird matchup that like, literally anything can go. And if something's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong spectacularly. Next up, I've got Eagles. Our last undefeated team at 4-0, and traveling to Arizona, take on the 2-2 two and two Cardinals. And, uh, hi. Yeah, maybe. I, so here's my thought process. We've got two young got quarterbacks who can run and throw. As a quarterback does. Yes. And they okay. can grip the football, also as quarterbacks do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm like rethinking this on the fly. This is <laughs> the rankings are bad this week. Why is it always this, this happens when the it. Cardinals are involved? <laughs> well, because I don't know what to think about the Cardinals. <laughs> Kyler has shown moments of brilliance, but also moments of awfulness. Uh, I don't know. I'm taking the Eagles in any case. Oh, absolutely. This is yeah. Say what you will about my watchability index this week, but I think that's uh, definitely taking the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think it sucks this week. Uh, Raiders at Chiefs. Very I feel like this is one of those ones that like could be a side. little higher just simply because out of this above the other one against the Eagles game, just because I feel like this is absolutely one of those things like the, the, the Colts beat the Chiefs. Right. Like, this should be a no-brainer for Kansas City, but there's always that potential, small potential chance. Yeah, and the Raiders have pulled off this upset in the past, in in recent years. So, definitely not one you can count uh, in the bank. But I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Raiders. Okay. I like it. Chargers at Brown. I like it because you always have that feeling you're going to (laughs) win. Well, the most important thing here is my picks can pick them ranking and then trying to beat you in that game. So. <laughs> so I love it when you make seemingly incorrect picks, but there's upsets every single week and, and you seem to nail a few every time. So <laughs> never know. Chargers at Browns. Both these teams are two and two. I'm taking the Chargers, but I am a little concerned. Uh, like I said, their defense has not been good, particularly the run defense, and that's exactly what the Browns do best. So could be a big day for the Browns running backs, but I think the Chargers will find a way to get the win. Agreed. Lions at Patriots, both teams one and three. This should be higher for the simple fact of uh, being a revenge game for the Lions. This would be like Matt Patricia. Right fourth. Yeah, Matt Patricia, of course, left uh, the Patriots to be the Lions head coach for a number of years. It was terrible, and Belichick took him back in to be the co-offensive coordinator. I'm taking the Lions to win this. 
damn it, stop it. I am too. Uh, but do you know how close the percentages are? Uh, this one's probably pretty close. Huh? Are you ready for this? Yes. 57-43. 57 riding with Detroit? Yep. Cool. Fun. I like it. Steelers at Bills I've got up next. This is a tough spot for um, Kenny Pickett's first career start. I'm taking yeah. the Bills. All right, kid, you ready to go get them? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Josh Allen led Bills. Oh, uh, yeah, the Bills, Bills all the way. <laughs> Titans at Commanders. This is where it gets yeah, up. You're going to get to know Von Miller very well. Yeah. I'm taking the Titans to beat the Commanders. No analysis. Yeah, we could beat the Commanders. Giants at Packers. Battle of three and one teams. This is the, another London game taking place in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, my soccer team excited about that actually last week was too but this one's also the packers so extra exciting i think it's the packers first time uh playing in london oh great so they'll be jet lagged okay hold on well so will the giants and daniel jones actually injured his ankle last week against the bears and his status i think is up in the air Tara Taylor's the backup, and I saw today that they've been working out uh, Jake Fromm, who played a few games for them last year, which seems like a bad sign for Jones' health. Or I don't know if Taylor got hurt, too. I don't know. None of that matters. I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I'll take the Packers, I guess. Dolphins at Jets. So, like I said before, Tua already ruled out as he goes through the concussion protocols. Bridgewater will get the start. Um, Jets are feisty, though, as we've said several times here. I'm taking the Dolphins, but not that confident. I will keep it interesting, and I have the Jets. Yeah, I figured you would. What's that <laughs> supposed to mean? Uh, only good things, I'm sure. I hate you. Falcons at Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm done. I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Texans at Jaguars. Um, this is not the week. The Texans get their first win. I'm taking Jacksonville, and they're actually my eliminator pick. I have Jacksonville as well. Bears at Vikings. Taking the Vikings. Uh, who did I pick? I picked the Vikings as well. Seahawks at Saints. This is interesting how with how well the Seahawks are playing and how poorly the, the Saints have have been playing lately. I'm still taking the Seahawks, but I'm nervous about it. All right, sorry, the Saints. I'm taking the Saints, but I'm nervous about it. I have the Hawks. Yeah, figures. <laughs> I am so sick of your... <laughs> I'm going to do it, Mike. Okay, do it. Fine. I'll I'm write so it down. sick of your shit. Ugh, okay. Let me write it down. <laughs> okay. Um... Okay, and then the last game here, Niners at Panthers. I'm taking San Francisco. I am as well, and the Niners are my eliminator pick. Good one. All right, one final break, and we'll be back for a very quick edition of the Fantasy Corner. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. beans cool beans now we go to kittles and bits and uh, we are back in the fantasy probably court. the best name i've ever picked for a team 
It's a good name. You might have to change it to someone who actually does stuff for your team, though. <laughs> I'm like Kittle. Or I could just burrow underground. Okay, there you go. You might be onto something there. <laughs> oh, man. This is the most nerve-wracking, or, or one of the most nerve-wracking fantasy uh, matchups. I mean, it just had all this heightened tension for me, just... Come on, I don't want to lose to Matt. Please, please, fantasy gods. Well, and it's like we go into Monday night, and it's like a 20-point gap. And even I'm like, that feels like a stretch. Because mm. your your team came roaring back there. Well, yeah, I mean, we got off to a slow start with Tua getting hurt, only putting up two points. And then uh, Jamar Chase having a relatively quiet game, just putting up 10. So I was nervous after Thursday. I was raging Sunday morning, as we discussed, when Madison scored, but um, then apparently they didn't give him the ball anymore after he got the first touchdown. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, Eckler finally came to play for you. I think he heard, like, my, like, disgruntledness about, like, I was honestly contemplating putting Eckler up on a training block to see what I could get for him. Mm. Because it was my fourth overall. I felt like it was a panic pick. And he wasn't panning out. And I'm like, I cannot draft freaking running backs when I draft fourth overall. I've had the fourth pick, what, the last <laughs> three years year. running? Yeah, three years in a row. <laughs> CEH, his rookie year, right? Yep. I took Derrick Henry, which was fine until he got hurt last year. And then this year was Austin Eckler. And it's like, I cannot apparently draft running backs in the first round. <laughs> but if this is a sign of things to come, which I don't ever expect there to be, you know, a 32 point week every week, but putting up 15 to 17, like I know he can. That's what you expect from your, from a top five running back pick. Yeah, for sure. But his, his 32 points were basically canceled out by Rashad Penny, finally doing something for Seattle, putting up 29 uh, in that crazy game against Detroit where both teams just stopped playing defense. Yeah, right. Um, um, you had Wilson, who had a clean game. Yeah, Russell Wilson looked pretty good. Got a rushing touchdown. He he can still move. How's that? Uh, how's Ezekiel Elliott doing over there? He's been a solid seven to nine points every week, which is also not what you're looking for from in theory, my RB1. <laughs> I mean, overall, I can't complain. I mean, Tyler Boyd is always a gamble, but I figured against that Miami front and the fact you had Jamar Chase, I felt felt like it was going to be stupid not to. Cordell Patterson was typically pretty solid. But yeah. what was surprising was the fact that Robinson and Kittle. Right. So we go into Monday night. I'm up 20. The the app gives it, give it about a 50-50 chance, I think, at that point. Um, but like we discussed before with Stafford, he has he only has eyes for Cooper Cup. It's a, obviously a problem for Allen Robinson in fantasy, but it's also a problem for the Rams offense. Well, and that's when I made the comment, like all all fantasy aside, both these teams that night were like it was San Francisco focusing on Debo and the Rams focusing on Cup. And it was like they didn't throw anywhere else. <laughs> right. And the only difference was the Niners got lucky with Debo taking one of those short passes, 60 yards to the house for a touchdown. 
and Kittle had a touchdown called back. Right. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Which was infuriating. So close. Yeah. Just couldn't get that second foot, that toe tap. But, and how do we do in FanDuel? Who won that? Oh, let me check that really quick. But yeah, all in all, it was uh, an exciting matchup. I don't know. Kudos on keeping it close. Okay, FanDuel, I won 94 to 88. Very close. Could you imagine if DeAndre Swift was healthy for that Seahawks game? Oh, wait, what am I looking at? Am I looking at the right week? I don't know. I can't oh, wait, log no, in. I'm looking at the wrong week. Oh, no, also close, but I won again. <laughs> 129 to 6, 116. Well, oh, yeah, kudos started, to you. I started Penny and Debo. Oh, and the Niners defense put up 21 points. Let's see, who let you down? Oh, Deontay Johnson somehow only had three points for the Steelers. Nice. Cousins only 13. Najee Harris, seven. Oh, you had Debo, too, and Metcalf. And Higgins. Wow, you had, yeah, you had some good performers. Clearly not. I started Tony Pollard in FanDuel. I was trying to reverse jinx myself so that Zeke would have a good game. <laughs> Did that work? No, they both were terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, so in our season long, I'm up at three and one. I take on Nick this week. This team looks really solid. Not that projections mean anything, as we've learned very well by this many years of playing fantasy. And I fall into one and three. It's still early. Doesn't feel good. No, I know. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying not to gloat over here because I feel really fortunate. <laughs> yeah, not to uh, not to be that guy. But, yeah, I feel like you uh, you managed to dodge that freaking bullet. I did. And I would have been kicking myself because I had J.K. Dobbins on my bench who actually scored 20 points. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was. Very unhappy for most of Sunday. I think what makes it even more mad is when you go and you look against the other people and you realize how many people you could have beat with your current score. Yeah, that is like, why couldn't I play any of these people? I put up 119, which isn't great, but it was enough to beat like half of the teams. Five, six. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, half half the league you would have beaten. Which is why people. Some people uh, advocate for other kinds of uh, fantasy formats where it's like essentially just turns into like points per week and, and how many points you're averaging. And that's the rankings. But there's, there's something fun about the more old school like head to head, even though I know it doesn't accurately measure like how good your team actually is. Can we just say like what is going on with Kevin's team? <laughs> <laughs> you went zero QB and it's working out. Actually, no, he had Gino with 30 points. Did you see TJ Hawkinson? <laughs> oh, my gosh. A tight end puts up 30 freaking six points. is impossible. <laughs> and look at his bench. He started um, injured Amon Ross St. Brown and still won. <laughs> wow. Evans on the – yeah, I don't think he set his lineup this week. <laughs> Mike Evans on the bench. <laughs> He's like, still even won. Daniel Jones, like, he has Marcus Mariota. And, like, if you put, like – Oh my God! This dude could have had like two hundred freaking points. That is hilarious. Kevin is three and one. He's uh, 
tied for first place in the league and he's the defending champion you know there's something something to be said for not not trying you know my wife has two championships and she doesn't know anything about football i hate this sport it's really stupid and on that note (laughs) let's enjoy week five and come back here once again next week yeah yeah this sucks this is stupid bye everybody (laughs) so mad thank you for listening to the 2m football podcast with matt and mike don't forget to follow us at our social media both twitter and instagram look for our photo at 2m football show if you like what you heard please tell your friends family and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans and remember we will see you next week on the gridiron